Welcome to Discourse, a podcast that explores multiple perspectives to think deeply and connect honestly with each other. I'm Anne Song. And I'm Sarika Narayan Singh. On the agenda today, we are discussing online dating and racism. And we're looking at this very touchy topic through Hadia Rodriguez's 2017 essay, Dating While Black, which was published uh, in The Walrus Magazine. So just for some context, what is online dating and what does it look like today? I think one of the best ways to see online dating in action is actually like through Master of None, where the main character, uh, played by Aziz Ansari, Dev, he starts online dating in season two. Um, so the typical programs, you know, like Tinder, Bumble, OkCupid, swiping left, swiping right, yeah. and just... Um, reproducing messages by the way if you don't watch master of none please do it is a fantastic show and i think aziz Zari does a fantastic job he does this thing where he messages like 10 girls the same message like i think he says something like i'm going to whole foods do you need anything like that's his pickup line for like <laughs> 10 different ladies i think what's really creepy though is that that's a show so it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. But then we were listening to Reply All, mm-hmm. um, an episode called uh, The Fever, mm. in reference to uh, Yellow Fever, uh, where this guy actually does, in real life, have five girlfriends at the same time, uh, but generations of them. What do you mean generations of them? So he'll have like a round of five girlfriends. Oh my gosh. All of them are intentionally Asian women. Hmm. And then once one of them finds out about the others, like the whole house of cards crumbles. Mm. And then he'll set up like a new circle or round of Asian. He's meeting them through online dating. Online dating. And he does this exact same thing. He takes them all to CB2 and says, oh, I need to get a new couch. Let's make sure we can cuddle on it. And I just want to comment on the word that you just mentioned, yellow fever. Yeah, I think that, like, if you are a person of color, I think even if you're just a person in general, like, you know that there are racial stereotypes in the dating world, right? So in the essay that we're going to uh, analyze today, she references what she uh, what is called, referred to as, quote, the black belt. So the idea of conquering or mastering a specific type, a category of woman or man. I mean, before we jump into the essay, I think one thing is clear is that Online dating now, a lot of these apps actually ask you what your preferences are, your racial and ethnic preferences. So not even a tendency. Right. An actual preference. Yeah. It'll ask you like... Interesting choice of word. As much as dating uh, preferences and your sexual preferences are private business, I think through uh, like what you're mentioning right now with Yellow Fever and this incident that reply all episode looks at with one man looking at and in pursuing only Asian women is indicative of the fact that online dating and dating in general, I guess, especially with these preferences, is never completely personal and private, although it's a very intimate topic, uh, that there's always political implications and it uh, goes to reveal some of our cultural and racial biases.
Okay, so before we move into analyzing uh, Rodrigue's essay, let's just sum it up really quickly. So it was published, um, ironically, I guess, the day after Valentine's Day. And what Rodrigue accomplishes through a mixture of primary and secondary sources is that she chronicles her very negative experience with online dating, uh, specifically confronting other people's biases, prejudices, and straight-up racism towards um, the fact that she's black. And she also sums up her findings about racism in online dating through a very daring experiment. Okay, Anne, I really want to know, what did you really appreciate about Rodrigue's essay? Uh, well, I thought it was a fantastic essay. So let's start with the content. In terms of her content, I want to say that what I appreciate the most is how she tackled the very difficult topic of microaggression. I think she spends a lot of time on it throughout her essay, and she does a really good job unpacking and really illustrating for the reader, especially the reader who's not very familiar with the term, what microaggression is. Yeah, and can I actually ask you, what is a microaggression? Because I think a lot of people don't really know what that means. Oh yeah, for sure. So microaggression, it's hard to talk about because it's uh, such a subtle and very covert thing, but it's basically the kind of everyday encounters of subtle discrimination that a lot of people from marginalized groups experience. And they may be comments, they may be gestures that are done in a very unconscious, unintentional, and seemingly innocuous way, but have uh, severe consequences because on the receiving end of this microaggression, there's definitely a message that's being sent and a message that's being received. So, I mean, let me give you an example. I met somebody uh, through an event and I... You know, they ask me, oftentimes people ask you, what do you do? So I told them that I teach communications at a community college uh, in Toronto. And, uh, you know, we were talking about work, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was asking him about his job, etc. And towards the end of the evening, he said to me, he, he went out of his way to, you know, say to me, you know, your English is really good. Oh, my gosh. And... This is after the fact that I have stated that I teach college English. So the assumption is that because of what you look like, because of my race, you would not speak good English? I don't know. Yeah, that, that's oh, what i Sorry, I'm... you would not speak English well. Let me correct myself. Sorry about that. Roundabout way of saying essentially that. So it's a backhanded compliment. Right. That's really what, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give me an example of a microaggression you've experienced recently. Um... You know, I'm trying to socialize a lot less with the real world. Um, so I can't really say that I've encountered anything explicit lately. Um, Why are you socializing less with the real world? Because <laughs> people are microaggressive. <laughs> well, not everybody, but, no. you know, it's, it's, it's hard. But it's- that's the thing. Like, once you have one bad experience, once you have, and then over, like, 30 years, you've got, like, a whole bunch under your belt, you start to get get a little bit hardened you're like ugh, like yeah. more mm-hmm. it, especially because they are the everyday experiences and they happen so frequently but it's such a it's so covert and that it's hard to put your finger on it when it happens mm-hmm. and oftentimes when you do bring it up to colleagues or friends or family it's so easy for it to be dismissed because it's not blatant racism that 
a lot of times people assume, oh, you're just being paranoid. That's exactly it. You never get the apology. You just、mm-hmm. get the excuse, right? So going back to Rodrigue's essay, she does a really good job unpacking microaggression. She actually doesn't use the term microaggression, but in paragraph fourteen, she talks about how she went to this party, and she、um, had a white friend who told her that she wasn't really black, even though to the outside world, most people perceive her to be black. I'll, I'll just quote her in what she says here. Quote, in response, I told him my skin color can't come off, and asked what had made him think this—the way I speak, dress, my taste, my interests. He tried poorly to rationalize his words, but it was clear that ultimately I didn't meet his stereotype of a black woman. I didn't sound, act, or think as he thought someone black did, or perhaps should. End quote. That's paragraph fourteen. So, yeah, this is an example of microaggression. Right, and just to give some context, you know, Rodrik is an accomplished lawyer. She's doing her PhD in management at the moment. She's also a singer that has music published on iTunes. She also competes、um, for the Canadian Ultimate Frisbee team. So when her friend、mm-hmm. says you're not really black, I mean, what does that really mean? And this is what she is essentially saying: is that when you make a comment like that. You you are basically saying that then to be black is to be quote poor poorly spoken or downtrodden end quote that's paragraph eighteen she mentions that so it, it clearly this person has certain ideas of blackness and to say that she's an exception is not a compliment regardless of how unintentional their comment was. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that you know, as with any form of aggression, physical,、um, verbal, I think that there's a line that needs to be drawn between intent and actual effect.、Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't intend on it, the actual effect is damaging, right? Because he's or he or she is still reinforcing the fact that these are his ideas of blackness and the black experience, and putting a box. Right. Around black people saying, you know, this is what you ought to be. This is、right. what I think you should be. Right. This is what society is telling you that you should be. It's very limiting. Yeah, very, very problematic. What about you, Sarika? What did you appreciate in terms of her content? Um, I really liked the way that she、um, sort of exposed Canada's、uh, more subtle racism when she、mm-hmm. compares it. To, you know, she compares a university culture that she experienced at Columbia University and U of T and McGill, saying that you know at U of T and McGill, I'm just going to paraphrase paragraph twelve and thirteen that you're not made to feel、um, like you're different, whereas at Columbia it was very much felt. Um, but she does then juxtapose it against her actual experience of online dating, which is to say, yeah, in real life, it's subtle. There are undercurrents, but it's insidious because it's going to creep up. It's going to surface online. Right. So these microaggressions again. Absolutely. So I really like the way that she sort of juxtaposed those two things,、um, and she does really face head on and dismantles this argument that you know when people say someone is not their type. She really does break down that logically. That is a very racist move. Absolutely right, because you're you're completely disqualifying a whole group of people simply because of their race. You're not even saying that I have a tendency to date、um, white, or I I usually date 
um, Asian. You're actually saying, I'm not going to date that person no matter what because of their race. And that's racist. So Ricky, what paragraph uh, does she see this in? Yeah, thank you. Um, so in paragraph 25, she does say, quote, It is one thing to say that you have a preference for brunettes or have tended to date brunettes, but to say that you are not attracted to blondes is very different from saying that you haven't yet dated a blonde or haven't ever met a blonde that you were attracted to. Such categorical exclusions are significantly more often directed toward people of color. For example, quote, no rice, no spice is a common phrase on gay dating sites used to indicate that users do not want messages from Asian or Latino men, end quote. So that's paragraph 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really did appreciate her point because it's true. There is, there is a difference in saying that, you know, I don't usually date so-and-so. But I'm open to you. But I'm open to getting it. Getting to know or getting to learn about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But when you completely just write off a whole group of people, how can that not be racist? Right. And this is the scary part is that a lot of these online dating apps allow you to do that. They, they literally, encourage it. Right. They give you a list of different um, ethnicities and you they say check off who you're looking for. And, and what are you as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is super problematic for... You know, some people are mixed or some people don't identify in certain, in certain groups. Exactly. So, yeah, I, f- I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So, actually, speaking of mix, Rodrigue's last point that I really did appreciate in terms of what she said was she made this interesting point that, you know, I'm sure some people might misread her and might find this contradictory. But she says she interrogates why we privilege mixed kids. Mm. And she herself admits that she has said, oh, wow, mixed kids are the cutest. Right. And when she was dating someone of a... I think a white person. Mm-hmm. Um, she frequently got people saying, "Oh wow, like you guys would have such cute kids," and I think that people mean that as a compliment, right? But really and truly, what else are you saying? Are you not saying that part of you needs to be diluted and mixed in order to produce something cute? Mm-hmm. So that comment itself is also microaggression, exactly. And I don't think that she's trying to say that we should not mix. I think what she's trying to make us question and think about is why do we like it? Right. And part of it is because we privilege whiteness. And I think one of the co-founders of OKCupid, Christian Rudder, he also has found that when you include that you are part white or that you Mm. are white, your profile does significantly better on OKCupid. Right. So it's not just like a a perception. It's an actual reality. So when we say significantly better, we mean... More uh, messages from people, uh, more connections, more serious messages. So messages that are not simply sexualizing or fetishizing you, uh, and more success in dating. Right. Which is, again, going back to our earlier point about uh, race uh, being an issue when it comes to online dating. It absolutely is. It could increase or decrease someone's possibility of finding love. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's, we can't just say it's a personal thing. It's a personal preference, right? This is a political and cultural issue. Okay, so in terms of her technique, what did you appreciate the most? I mean, I think that we both agreed that the fact that her whole essay revolves around this fundamental research question. Um, She asks in paragraph nine, 
because she has had um, not the best success rate as when she posted her initial pictures. So she asks herself, uh, quote, what would my experience be like on OkCupid if I were white? And from this, instead of just like speculating, she actually conducts her own experiment. What would you consider this? What technique this is this? This is like, this, these are primary sources. This mm-hmm. is like field research. Right. Okay. She, does, she conducts her own. Yeah, she's an raw, anthropologist she, at this point. Yeah, she's collecting her own raw data on this. Absolutely. So she, um, she gets her friend who she thinks, oh, well, actually, even before that, what she does is she gets a, a professional photographer to take pictures of her. She's mm-hmm. like, well, maybe it's the quality of my photo. They can't really see my true beauty. And it's like, okay, cool. And yeah, still nothing. She's not getting a lot of messages. No. And when she gets the messages, the quality of them are all very poor. Well, what, what I mean by that is they're all inappropriate, sexualized messages that oftentimes fetishize her. Yeah, I mean, she does include them as well. Again, the primary sources. Um, one of them, do you want me to actually read it out for you? Sure, from Farmer Boy 27 Yeah. Uh, quote, oh my God. Oh, not even oh my God. OMG, you must be hiding from strong black men if you're indeed single. End quote. By the way, he's in that, for those of you who are reading this, you'll see this, but like strong as in caps. Yeah, why is he yelling that? And what does that even mean? I don't even know. I would be so confused. Okay, another one, because this is hilarious. Hans underscore some. No grammar, no punctuation, no capitalization. Quote, greetings. How are you today, pretty capital woman? Question mark. Hans. That's it? So these examples that she provides, they're not sexualized um, comments or messages towards her. But if you look at the substance, there is no substance. Right. These are not thought-provoking questions. They show no engagement with her profile. They show no understanding of the fact that, you know, she's a big nerd. She loves Radiohead. Like, there's just nothing there. Yeah, and another example she gives us is a a gentleman says to her, quote, I see the black, I see the brown. Not so much the white, though, end quote. Is that in reference to her multiracial background? But, like, who asked you to dissect my multiracial background? That's so weird. It's that's really, like the, that's the first comment he made to message her. Weird. This then moves into what she does is she reaches out to one of her friends who is of comparable, what she thinks is comparable attractiveness, mm-hmm. um, and puts her in her clothes, like her white beanie, her mm-hmm. plaid shirt, gets her to pose, takes Sim- some photos, similar photos, exactly same profile. This white Hadia gets so many more. Yeah, and it wasn't even double. I think she said something like it's nine times more messages than what Black Hadia, her original version, received. Right, in paragraph So I just, again, want to mention the the profile itself is the same content. Like, what she's writing, her descriptions about herself and her accomplishments, exactly the same. The only thing that's changed is she put a white model as a white, um, her front of model on her behalf in these photographs instead of putting her own face on it. Even the quality of the messages that she gets is drastically different. Like this one guy named Anchorman, he sends her paragraphs where he's endearingly awkward and really does want to meet her and get to know her. And he actually engages with her. He asks her questions like, what's the best thing you did last summer? What's your favorite curse word? And just for fun, what's the one thing you know for sure? Like here is someone who actually wants to engage and get to know you. As a person, as your, a human and being. And your quirks, what sets you apart from right. other people. So it's very different. The quality is totally different. So now she takes it a step further. Now she takes it a step further. So she says, okay, well, is it my skin color or is it my features? Hmm. 
So she actually goes into Photoshop and she gets, she photoshops her skin color off. Mm-hmm. And so she starts to look a little bit more mixed and her eye color changes to blue and she wears a blonde wig. But her features are exactly the same. To her surprise. To her surprise, she beats White Hadia. And gets even more messages. Even more messages. Which goes to confirm again that it's not... Because she had an inkling that maybe it was because maybe some people just liked her white friend's features or her white friend's smile. But now we know for sure it wasn't about the white friend's features. Same original Hadia as herself. Same nose, same eyes. But lighter skin. Lighter skin. Got more messages. So that confirms her um, original uh, hypothesis, I guess, that perhaps it's because of the color of her skin. Yeah. I think what's so great about Hadia's, Hadia Roderick's technique is that she does this independent field research. Mm-hmm. She confirms her hypothesis, as you said, but then she gets the opinions of authorities in this as well. Yeah. I appreciated that. She There's a lot of research here. So... She balances the primary uh, sources, her own experiment, with secondary sources. She quotes a lot of scholars who have already studied this to say, you know what, the data shows black women have it hard in the world of online dating. And the microaggressions and the covert racism that we may experience every day for black women online, this is just overt racism at this point. Mm -hmm. This isn't to say that this is how it should be, but how can we change it? She ends the piece with, you know, after all this, I just feel so dehumanized by online dating. Like these people are not seeing the complex human being that I am when they look at my photos. They just see one thing, which is the color of my skin. They just move on. And that is such a shame. Or even if they do spend the time to look at her profile and look at her photos, something stops them from actually messaging her and taking that risk. And engaging. did appreciate Hadia Roderick's essay from The Walrus and really encourage you to to take a read. Um, Also, if you want to look at other types of issues with online dating, um, there's the podcast Startup and their episode called Profiled, as well as uh, The Fever, which is an episode for Reply All. Okay, Sarika, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for thinking deeply and connecting honestly with me. Thank you. (music) 